This is Offspin. Never ever chase returns in fixed income. That it will always, almost always end badly. That's your rock solid. Just like our government has the national savings scheme fund. You think of your the fixed income part as a foundation of your portfolio, and the equity part can oscillate and give you the uh, wealth driver or beat inflation. But the fixed income should be your rock solid support. That's definitely a mind shift and something to think about. For me, for sure, right? I'm always <laughs> looking for stuff that will beat inflation. Otherwise, is it a worthwhile investment? But no, it is what no. guarantees, you know, that smooth curve towards retirement. So yes, this needs a exactly. little bit of settling into the entire thought process. This is that offspin original you've all been waiting for. It's time for let's get rich. With Patu. Welcome back to this two-parter on the entire world of debt, and this week particularly our year-ending episode, all about debt mutual funds and how powerful and useful they are in our. In our goals towards investing and retirement, but to welcome back, we left last week's episode on a on a tantalizing note. We are becoming experts at uh, teasing the audience uh, into more information and watching us again. But yes, how do debt mutual funds work? Uh, to start off this episode, so let's uh, discuss this with a simple example. Let's think about FDs, right? So there are three FDs. One is a one-year FD, a five-year FD, and a ten-year FD. Now, sure. In the normal uh, situation, what we will do is we'll put the open the FD. After one year, we'll close it, and then we'll open it again. Or after five years, we'll close it, and and so on. Now, uh, what if I can sell the FD to another person in in between or mid tenure? That's the whole idea based on which the a bond market works right if everybody held on to their bonds and never sold it mid term uh that is before the bond ends to another person the world of debt would be trivial but um let's imagine what happens is that triviality good um yeah, it's not practical because people like to make money because uh, wherever money can be made people like to be made so like to make it so Yeah. So now let's imagine what happens. So uh, I have this one-year FD, and I, I just opened it today, and I have opened it, let's say, at five percent return. Mm-hmm. And I am going to try and sell it to you, and uh, more or less right away. So what would you think? So if you are going to buy an FD from me, what this means is after you buy, you will get the interest for the remaining period. On a prorated basis, yes. right? So if you buy it after two months, for the next ten months you will get a prorated interest. So that part of it is fine. That is not a. Uh, there's no loss. And in, I can calculate that math easily. Yeah, that is not an issue there. Now the question is, at what price would you buy it? Let's say I open yeah. the FD at thousand rupees. Would you still give me the thousand rupees, or would you give me more or less? Now the the what would you look at? You say, why should I buy the one year FD from me? 
I can go to the bank and start an F one year FD myself. Exactly. But it could so happen that the when you start an FD, the one year FD returns have dropped to let's say four percent. Oh. So when you open it yourself, you get four percent. But when you buy it from me, you get five percent. Hmm. Therefore, you will be willing to pay more than thousand rupees to get it from me. And I can charge. Got that it. means I can charge a premium. You can counter the uh, reverse the argument. Excuse me, and say now if the current FD rates are six percent, you would say why should I buy it from you? Exactly. But you would buy it from me if I sell at less than thousand. Yeah. So I I have to sell at a loss, and you would get that premium. So now you can. So the moment I decide my uh, hap, nice, simple, innocuous one year FD, I I decide to sell it. And put it out in the market. The price will start fluctuating on a daily basis, hmm. depending on demand and supply. Got it. And therefore, a debt instrument is a debt mutual fund is basically uh, something that holds predominantly bonds, just like an equity fund holds predominantly stocks. An equity mutual fund holds predominantly stocks, and just like an equity mutual fund's NAV. Is based on the current market price. The debt mutual funds NAV is also based on the current market price of all the bonds it holds, and this can fluctuate. Now, imagine what would happen in the case of the five-year FD. If you are going to, the same idea will have uh, will apply in terms of uh, higher than thousand rupees or lower than thousand rupees premium or a loss. However, the risk is higher. Because let us say you decided to, uh, so my FD is five percent. Uh, if you open the FD is four percent, so you decide to buy from me. But two weeks after you bought it from me, the FD rates shot up to six percent. Mm -hmm. Oh, that will be oh no! What did I do? I made a mistake. But that mistake is not going to be a serious mistake because you have bought only a one-year bond, and that is like for the next ten months or yeah. so. It's a very short term. But imagine the same situation over a five-year case and a ten-year case. Over a ten-year case, uh, you can expect the volatility should to be higher because mm -hmm. you expect the returns to change or the situation to change. The economic situation of the country can change. So, which means that the premiums will also increase or, or the losses will also increase because it's going to be a bigger mistake. So, if you, if you buy the five-year FD after two months from me. And after you purchase it, the current FD rates increase. You have to hold on to that for the next remainder for several few exactly. years, right? So that the risk is higher, and therefore the volatility of the five-year bond will be higher because of this underlying risk than the one-year bond. Am I making sense? Beautiful. I, I, you know, it's very rare you get that feeling. Wow, I learned something new. So thank you for that. Keep going, Patu. So similarly, the ten-year FD will have a higher volatility than the five-year FD. Because it's a much more bigger risk buying midterm. So uh, that is the first thing that we need to understand about the debt mutual fund. One, it is marked to market. That is the value of the bonds is marked to the current market price. And a, a debt fund holding long duration bonds will fluctuate much more than a debt fund holding short duration bonds. So longer the duration, more the volatility in the NAV. That is the first thumb rule. 
you can look at this i uh, and ch- chances of higher earnings as well right uh that depends or you have to wait for the you have to wait for a longer yeah. time to pan out i mean in the short term it's luck but longer time it's a better idea so uh the you can look at this via a metric called the average maturity of a portfolio there is a metric in a debt fund there are several metrics I, we are going to talk about only the simple metrics this is called the average maturity so this is the weighted average of the durations of the bond each of the bonds depending on how much they have in the portfolio that will be the weighted average so higher the average maturity most often higher the now volatility so if you take a liquid fund the average maturity will be uh like th- uh 4 months 5 months 3 months something like that so it's le- much less than a year if you take a gilt fund the fund holding predominantly government bonds it can range from 5 years 6 years 10 years even more so you can expect the gilt fund to be uh oscillating much more in now than a liquid fund so that's the first idea the second point is that uh the market does not wait for the interest rates to actually change hmm there's a lot of speculation just like there is speculation in the equity market yeah people are going to worry what is what's going to happen in the next quarter next three months yeah. so there will also is a lot of speculation in the debt market people will not wait for the interest rates to change they will expect the interest rates to increase or decrease in the next two months three months rbi to change repo rate etc so there's a lot of speculation and that speculation will drive the demand and supply and therefore the price so people will not wait for the interest rates to change Got and it. this speculation has become higher and higher and higher in the indian bond market so because of the players the number of players have, has increased the uh, foreign investors are there the indian domestic investors are there the retail investors have also come in of course it is not as dramatic as in the equity segment but it's healthier i would say relatively which raises a quick question but to how does a retail investor like you and me trade in uh, bonds we can't right or or can we we can uh, in the wow. past few years we can uh, it is possible there are so, some portals which allow this bond trading it's not as frequent uh, i mean as free as uh, i would say than equity fund that's why i keep telling people you don't really need an equity mutual fund <laughs> you can go to you can open yeah. a demat account in two days third day you can start selling bu- bu- selling and buying any stock you want mm. whereas you cannot do that in the debt segment yeah many of the bonds are not reachable many of the bonds you can't access the retail investors can't access so some they can but not all a debt fund is such a beautiful product that it gives you a bouquet of bonds which ordinarily is accessible only by the corporate guy and not the corporate investor i mean uh, and not by the retail investor so it's a much more, it's a it's a beautiful product but it has got its uh, problems so that's the idea about the uh, average maturity so this is called as interest rate risk or duration risk longer the duration higher the volatility got it that's the first idea the second idea is with respect to credit score uh, rating how trustworthy is the borrower mm-hmm. so for this there is a rating called sovereign 
which which is to represent the government borrowings that ca you cannot rate the uh, credit worthiness of a government when you are a resident uh, you know when you are a resident national you can't do it whereas a, a foreign investor can give ratings on the indian government you can see that uh, uh, this agency has changed the government rating from yes, this to that and so downgraded on. upgraded all of that that is va that is relevant only for the uh, foreigner not for the indian for the for the mm. resident indian or even for the nri uh, the government money is sovereign it's uh, you know that's the ultimate guarantee that there is so that cannot be rated but other corporates can be rated uh, there are several kinds of rating scales for example long term bonds you can have you have the triple a rating uh, then you have the double a just like you have grading since in in school you know a b a plus and so on short term bonds have a different scale called a1 a a2 etc and so on um are they reliable these rating agencies are they reliable question. or yeah. not i mean many people would know if you have seen the movie big shot exactly. you know that they are not they they also have their own uh, conflicts of interests to worry about they have to be in business otherwise the uh, company will choose somebody somebody else to rate them and also they can be arbitrary suddenly you can your rating can change from double a to default d just like that and uh, so you can't prepare yourself for any kind of uh, change like that so the way the uh, market works is higher the credit rating lower is the interest rate fair enough which is the counterintuitive idea that a guy who is financially weak is expected to pay more interest because the person who is investing is taking a higher risk and therefore that higher risk must be met with a adequate premium that is a notion of risk premium so there are bonds which uh, invest in only risky uh, so sorry there are debt funds which invest only in only risky bonds which are called credit risk funds then there is a mixture there is always some uh, kitschy kind of thing in everywhere we go so the next thing we should look at is the average credit rating of the portfolio if you look at a, a category like liquid funds or if you look at something called a money market fund uh, a money market is uh, usually a name given to the short uh, segment of the bond market that is uh, trading happening over a day over a couple of days and so on where money itself is the commodity the money itself is they say you hold on to my money for a day and give me a little bit extra that's how the money market works so these are the there's something called a money market fund which invests in very short term bonds over a few months maybe up to a year or so most of the uh, funds in this category invest in high rated bonds most of the funds in the liquid fund category where the bonds can only be about 90 days not more than 90 days they also invest in high rated bonds so you can look at the average credit rating and uh, decide which is good for you so there are two things to look at in a debt fund one is the average maturity of the portfolio higher the average maturity more it's going to fluctuate so higher the average maturity it should be used for longer and longer durations my thumb rule is uh, take a liquid fund it has got a average maturity about 90 days approximately 3 3 4 months maximum which means you should invest it for a durations 1 year and above safely yeah 
So if a, if your fund has an average maturity of five years, use it for ten years. That's the kind of uh, thumb rule that I have. Many people give you wrong advice. If the average maturity is five years, invest for five years. That is. Mm. Uh, completely wrong because the fund manager will keep changing at any point the average maturity will always be five years or approximately close to it so you can so longer the average maturity longer the your investment duration uh, and stay away from risky debt if otherwise i mean if you if you have a large portfolio and you can afford to take risk you can do it but if you have very little money to play with, stay away from risky debt, which means your average rating should either be sovereign or it should be AAA, something close to that. So those are the simple thumb rules over which you your uh, debt funds operate. Amazing. Opening up a genuinely new world to me, Pattu. My, there's something incongruous in my mind, right? Um, you've kind of made it apparent that there's so much trading going on on a daily basis in the bond market. Yet, we categorize these as fi fixed income. But it's not really fixed, right? No, no, no. It's anything but fixed. They are not, debt funds are not replacements for fixed deposits. The returns from debt funds can be uh, just about anything. They're not guaranteed at all. It is just a traditional name that it comes from the idea of a bond. Just mm. like you have a name of, you, 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 saw, you call it a gilt. The government bond is called a gilt because the old uh, paper, uh, you, you've seen these diaries. Gilded edges, yeah. Uh, exactly. So that's how the government bond was distinguished from other bonds. So we still uh, use these archaic names. Okay. Now the entire process, which I guess everyone's waiting for, is how do we figure out which one is for me as an individual investor? So the what first is thing, the process? Yeah. So the first thing to appreciate is that, like what I just said, they are not fixed deposit replacements. You're not. Sometimes the return can be higher than FD, sometimes not, whatever. Your aim is to be, uh, is that of a portfolio manager, like I explained in the last uh, episode, why I, why we need debt funds and we need the liquidity. And automatically, because you're only withdrawing partial amount and paying tax on the partial amount, it is going to be more tax beneficial than a fixed deposit. With that in mind, I would keep it very, very simple and say, for short term needs, for mm -hmm. few few years, three, five, six years, whatever. Stay away from all other debt funds other than liquid funds and money market funds. Because in my experience, most funds, most AMCs in, in these four, uh, two categories stick to safe debt. At least after the Franklin episode, they have un understood that it is better to be safe. The credit, I'm talking about credit rating here. The duration risk will be low because they are short-term bonds. So they are not going to fluctuate too much. The NAV is not going to fluctuate too much. And the credit rating is also going to be high. So you can stick to liquid funds and money market for short-term needs. And liquid funds from any of the big three, four. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the AUMs, they're massive, right? Some are like 60,000 crore and above, etc. So yeah, you, you if you choose a high AUM AMC, you know that they're not going to muck around with that kind of... Uh, uh, funds, they're going to be responsible and stay away from uh, you know, risk. But you should not expect too much. Many people say, last one year, liquid funds are given 7%. So I'm going to put money there. Mm. That is really silly because it will change. The moment you start investing, returns will fall. That's the usual Murphy's yeah. law we should. Uh, 
I I genuinely experience it as well you know, with each yeah. investment. But anyway, so short term goals, liquid funds. It's a nice thumb rule, very easy to remember. Part two. Um, but what happens to targets beyond five years then? Yeah. So uh, I would say up to ten years, stick to liquid funds and money market funds. Money market funds are sl- uh, for those who can take a little bit more risk. Of course, there are situations where the money market uh, can be a problem because, for, for example, during the uh, Corona fall, the stock market fall, liquidity dried up, mm. and uh, uh, nobody bought short-term bonds. So the government had to step in and buy. They had to be the uh, buyer to you know bolster. So during that time, there will be a few months where the now goes a little bit and so on. But usually, the now goes like that. upward trend yeah so there are two Smooth components curve. to yeah i forgot to mention there are two components to how a liquid fund offers returns one is the interest on the underlying bonds so a little bit of that interest that is they're going to calculate how much interest per year and proportionately increase the now every day so that's one component the other is capital gains when i sell uh, like in the case of the one year fd when i sold it to you for a premium that will get added up to the now or capital losses will get subtracted mm. from the now so capital gains or losses and interest those are the two components of a debt fund return so for short term goals up to 10 years i would say liquid fund money market fund if you are comfortable with an something called arbitrage fund which is not a debt fund which is a hybrid fund equity and bond hybrid you can choose a arbitrage fund in fact uh, many people are now pushing arbitrage fund as a replacement for liquid funds i see for short term uh, goals also me, something has popped up in my mind patu sorry i must clear it right you said there are two aspects to how uh, the nav is affected for a uh, liquid fund or any uh, debt mutual fund for us in all practical matters it's just the nav right that goes up which leads to a question of then what is the difference in a debt mutual fund of this growth versus idcw no that is the dividend the the idcw we talked about this previously it's a poor name for uh, a dividend fund which the sebi is in so uh, there are funds in which the fund manager will sell a portion of stocks sell a portion of bonds convert it into cash and distribute it to the dividend holders that is the idcw the income the distributable income option but how does that work in a liquid fund where they only own What are you the can sell, under- you can sell the bond. You can sell the bond, convert it into cash, and give it to you. Fair enough. Okay, that's cool. Uh, it's fairly similar. All right. And what about super long term goals for invest for my retirement in say thirty years? So these require some higher appreci- uh, appreciation of risk because you're gonna if you want to buy a debt fund, uh, you can't choose a liquid fund or a money market fund for a fifteen year goal because that'd mm. be like. overkill in terms of being safe right you will you will get very low returns uh you can safely use a corporate bond fund or a um what's it called a guild fund a corporate bond fund uh if i'm not wrong invests only in bonds that are most of them will be triple rated i think a small section can be double rated as well if i'm not wrong. but they are corporate but they are safe corporates and uh, that's the corporate bonds which the fund will invest in that will have slightly lower volatility than a government bond mm-hmm. but the risk is there the risk of default is there if you right, are worried about the biggest one showing up at two is hdfc icici sbi the usual ones 
uh, in the corporate bond segment yeah those are there's a good uh, uh, you know options um so like i said the corporate bond nav will be not as volatile as a gilt fund a, a fund holding only government bonds but they will be much more volatile than a liquid fund or a money market fund and they are also subject to credit uh, defaults so but it's a reasonable buy it's not such a terrible buy and for those who are scared of uh, you know credit issues they can stick to guild funds and so i would so those are the four categories i will recommend just the four categories for short term goals or even medium term goals up to 10 years stick to liquid funds and money market funds and for long term stick to corporate bonds or guild funds after you appreciate risks because these can uh, give you poor returns or even negative returns over a year or two but is it a fair question to ask that uh, do these corporate bonds which you are recommending for long term goals such as retirement do they and have you seen that they at least beat inflation because that's literally 50% of our portfolio you don't i would say um don't expect your debt instruments to beat inflation you expect your just a safeguard for your money basically yes yes you expect your portfolio to beat inflation that's the that brings me to another point never ever chase returns in fixed income that mm. it will always almost always end badly so you have to be very keep it that's your rock solid just like our government has the national savings scheme fund you think of your portfolio as the foundation uh, i mean the fixed income part as a foundation of your portfolio and the equity part can oscillate and give you the uh, wealth driver or beat inflation but the fixed income should be your rock solid support that's definitely a mind shift and something to think about for me for sure right i'm always <laughs> looking for stuff that will beat inflation otherwise is it a worthwhile investment but no it is what no, guarantees no. you know that smooth curve towards retirement so yes this needs a exactly. little bit of settling into the entire thought process but to this has been an amazing episode so far i have perhaps maybe one or two more final questions um remember in a previous episode i'd said what if we had to simplify simplify our entire world of planning for retirement and just break it down to one equity mutual fund and one debt mutual fund what would be that one debt mutual fund <laughs> so the for uh, those who may not have seen the earlier episode the one equity fund is a simple nifty or a sensex uh, index fund exactly for the equity part <laughs> um i would say a corporate bond or Uh, a guild fund is better there are passive debt fund options in india but the problem with them is that they will be very volatile there'll be long term passive five year government bond etfs are there 10 year government bond etfs are there they can be quite volatile and it is not for most people because if you hold a um, long term guild fund or a long term corporate bond there can be months where the returns are very poor it can be negative even a couple of years can be negative altogether because i've been holding my guilt and it has been 5.5 5% 6% it is just now starting to inch towards 6% but i'm mm-hmm. just holding because waiting for the uh, rbi to cut rates when they cut rates the interest will go up and that is something that we haven't talked about so when the interest rates fall the bond prices will shoot because when the interest rates fall 
the market will expect the existing bonds to have lower interest rate. Yeah. So the current bonds will have higher hot interest property. rate and higher yeah. value. So yeah. hot property and therefore your NAV will shoot up. So that can happen. So you have to go through those periods and that can be so for passive options and um, in debt uh, that can be a frustrating hold. So I would say a guilt fund or a corporate bond fund is still a good that one fund that you can hold. On that note, Pattu, I think perhaps we bid farewell to our listeners for this year. Pattu and I are perhaps going on a two-week break for Christmas and New Year. Uh, wishing all of you all a fantastic end of the year. What a year it's been with you growing our audience slowly. The the feedback has been so encouraging. Uh, Pattu, any last words on this entire last few months of Let's Get Rich with Pattu and then what we can look forward to in, in 2024? I've had a wonderful time and uh, it has given me so many ideas to uh, write about uh, because I'm always looking for ideas to write and uh, after writing 2000 plus articles, I'm having, uh, you know, writer's block uh, because I I don't know what new I'm going to say. So I'm getting these ideas uh, from you, from the team, as well as from our listeners who, uh, you know, with our comments and questions. So it's 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 very productive uh, process for me. Uh, yesterday, I wrote this article, I, the article about what is it explained to me like I'm five. What is a debt fund? That was my article on this. So I just so I could, you know, uh, it's, it gives me another op- way to think hopefully useful thoughts. So uh, with that, I would like to wish uh, you, the team and uh, our listeners a wonderful uh, new year and Merry Christmas. Thank you so much, Patu. It's been a thoroughly enjoyable 2023. And even from this episode, right, so many questions keep popping to mind about how, what happened in the Franklin Templeton episode? What happens when we hear stories about how the US may default on its bond payments, etc. There's so much to talk about even on this particular topic. But if you take this entire stretch of 31 episodes that we've done in 2023, listeners, viewers, urging you to write in. Uh, and while we absolutely love your comments that, you know, praise us and encourage us and thank us for everything we do, we would love you to also write in with genuine questions that you have. Um, and that's our job. Patu and I will keep answering them. And we'll see you in 2024. Until then, Merry Christmas. Have a fantastic New Year. And see you soon, our entire small family of Let's Get Rich with Pattu. Pattu, thank you so much and goodbye. Bye-bye. You just heard Let's Get Rich with Pattu, an Offspin original. Isn't it the coolest show you've heard in the Indian podcasting space? And even if it isn't, what's the point of getting rich alone, right? Share this show with those you care about and perhaps even with those you don't care about. But make sure you share this show with only those who you don't mind being richer than you. The music on this show was created by Pattu's biggest fan, Rajesh Ravi, and everyone on the Offspin team had some part or the other to play on the show. Let me name them quickly. Harshdi Nisrani, Krishant Das, Sandeep Banerjee, Arif Chagla, Anand Krishnan, Rajesh Ravi, and Heer Khan. Heer, by the way, is also to be blamed for giving Pattu his gangster look, which is how he looks on a daily basis. Um, and me, Sidhan, your host. Let's Get Rich is available on all audio platforms wherever you consume your podcasts. So spread the word and we'll see you next week. You know we do this show only to help you guys, right? But if you're listening and you're that one person who has perhaps lost money and are holding it against Pattu or me, 
for making you lose that money, then not only are you a mean person, but you also need to listen to this legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any financial advice. Views expressed are not official positions of financial institutions or Pattu or mine for that matter. Although we strongly believe in them, listen to this disclaimer even more carefully. We recommend consulting a qualified professional before making decisions. We disclaim liability for inaccuracies or losses from using this information in our show. By listening, you agree that the host, guests and producers are not only awesome people, but they are not responsible for your financial decisions or outcomes. This is Offspin. Offspin.